0: Welcome to the Seven Figure CEO Podcast, where we talk all things marketing strategies, business systems, personal development insights, and conduct interviews with successful CEOs and entrepreneurs. Learn the exact strategies on how seven figure CEOs market and scale their companies with your host, Chris Rodriguez. Welcome to the seven figure CEO podcast. Today, I have a seven figure CEO that I've had the honor of not only calling a mentor, but also a friend, Melody Johnson. Melody is a fifth degree black belt in the ATA system, former owner of On the Mat, and the founder of Skills Worldwide, a company currently serving over 1,500 martial arts schools. Melody, so pumped. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited.
1: You know, whenever I get a message from you and we get a chance to sit down and talk, I'm like, bring it, let's do it. Yes.
0: And we're going to see each other here in a couple of days because we're both speaking at uh, an event in Georgia. So that'll be fun. You know, the majority of our listeners are martial arts school owners. We also have some agency owners on here as well. But for anybody that has literally been living under a rock, (laughs) <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about your martial arts journey and really opening up on the mat? So, wow.
1: Well, I've been a, a martial arts prodigy since 1987. I was one of the dungeon dojo students back in the day. And uh, it took me a little bit to embrace martial arts, but it didn't. But the minute I started sparring, and was able to kick boys in the head. Uh, <laughs> I was in, I was. I was hooked. And, of course, during the mid-90s, when I was in my early 20s, I started to realize that martial arts was more than just, you know, beating each other up, and, and I was very embraced into the competition back then. And I started to have this bigger purpose, and my purpose was helping children become the best versions of themselves. So in the late 90s, I started writing children's martial arts curriculums that fit the child development area or niche, in particular, preschoolers, which at the time, most martial arts schools wouldn't even touch a kid under the age of seven, uh, because it's a whole other monster, right? And uh, unfortunately, during that time, I was part of an organization that frowned upon me, writing curriculum, A, and B, sharing that curriculum with other schools who could be competitors with schools in our organization, which is understandable. So I had to make a choice to follow my passion or stick with my organization. And I ended up walking away from my four schools and following my passion on working on redeveloping and redefining what children's martial arts curriculums look like. And that led me to St. Petersburg, working for a consulting company that was stationed here Uh, That focused on, uh, that that allowed me to focus on my children's martial arts curriculums. And then, of course, I opened up my own school here called On the Met Martial Arts in St. Petersburg, Florida, in 2005. And uh, the rest is history.
0: Yes. You know, one of the questions that I've asked you just, you know, when when we've met privately is, you know, what was that transition like from, from being a school owner? I think oftentimes we find our identity in our martial arts school. And, you know, what was really kind of the determining factor that said, you know what, um, it, it's time for me to sell on the mat and kind of go all in on skills. Well,
1: you know, the cool part about what I was doing at on the mat was it was kind of like a research and development brainchild. And I was really able to hone in on systems and processes that helped not just my school, but I started branching out and helping other schools. So we need to make sure that our systems work so well that they can be duplicated in other schools. And as you know, we're, you know, we're a global companies. So it works in all demographics. So the results of that ended up being that my team was ready to either buy my school or open up their own schools. And I knew that I wanted to, I didn't have the, I didn't, I wanted to have more bandwidth to focus on skills as a whole. So, running a school while also running a company, and you know this, and you're going through this right now, Chris, is it's it is a lot of work and it takes a lot of bandwidth uh, out of you. And of course, I, I had a young son like you, uh, and I just didn't want to do it all. I could have done it all, but I chose not to. I chose to say, my team is ready. They can buy the school. Uh, I can focus on skills and also still be that very present parent that I wanted to be. So, it just kind of made sense collectively uh, to. to to make that sale and move forward it was not easy because it was my baby, but at the same time, uh, it was the right it was the right move for me to do.
0: One of the things that you know I love and admire so much about you is you. You just said you could have done it, right? Like you could right. have done it, but having the bandwidth to also be a present parent and a, and a present wife, can you kind of maybe talk a little bit on? you know, how you kind of view, whether you call it work-life balance or work-life integration, um, you know, because this kind of hustle culture we see very (laughs) often in the entrepreneurial world. And I think you have, you know, kind of a little bit different viewpoint on it. Can you kind of just touch on that? Sure. Well, keep in mind, I'm 10 years older than you,
1: right? So (laughs) at the time of this podcast recording, I'm, you know, closer to 50 than I am to 40. So I did my hustle. And that's what got my school to that level of success. And I intentionally waited on having a child until I was successful. And what I mean by successful is not just how much money I have in the bank or the investments I have, but success is defined by being able to do what you want to do when you want to do it, right? And the school, as fun as it was, and it was my baby, I, it, it, I, was, I was limited to being able to do all the things I wanted to do as far as like, you know, take my son to school every single day, volunteer at my son's school. I, I could do those things. I had a great team, but there's always that, that situation where team members get sick or, or you need to be there. And it pulled me away from those things. So you know, my mindset was, yeah, I didn't want to hustle and have, have all of these things pulling away at my, my brain. I wanted to be able to vote my be a parent first and and then of course, you know, dedicate my life's work to my purpose, which is helping children become the best versions of themselves as a whole. And with one school, you can do that in a limited demographics, but with skills, I could do it on a global scale, which was really exciting.
0: I love it. So let's kind of dive into a little bit more of skills. You know, you started writing these curriculums in the late 90s where You know, the internet was just slowly starting to emerge wasn't anything like it's today I I believe these were like, you know, like three ring binders that that people (laughs) purchased right so that's kind of where it started talk to me a little bit about that and then and then what is skills now right what are the programs, how do you deliver those programs kind of give us that, you know, then and now picture.
1: Yeah, so back then I did a lot of seminars speaking through our consulting company. And of course, school owners are like, I want more. So I start I, you know, I started with the preschool curriculum and then they're like, okay, what about you know the kids' curriculum? So I wrote that and it just kind of grew from there and took on a life of its own with me writing like drills, writing testing requirements that are age appropriate that focused on child development. And then they, they wanted more. They wanted instructor training. And so it just kind of evolved into this, this opportunity when technology started to really come into play. Like you said before, we didn't have the internet. It, it was a perfect storm for me to then take all of our curriculums and put them on an online platform. I, I want to say that we were, if not the very first, one of the very one of the first companies in our martial arts industry to have a service-based membership that was done via online where members can subscribe pay a monthly fee and then get access to the existing information that we've already created in addition to ongoing information and that's how skills was founded so now we have multiple membership options that fit every school owner's needs that's in my particular target market uh, which is really exciting to be able to use technology in that way
0: 100 percent uh being able to provide it to the masses and no matter what time zone or country that you're in is incredibly powerful. Talk to me about who is your target market, right? Like if I'm a martial arts school owner and I'm learning about skills, like who is this for?
1: So when I think of target marketing, you know, there, and and I know you're a marketing expert, but there's so many different ways that you can figure out who your target market is, right? You know, there's a demographical target market, uh, for me, it's the, the, the psychological and behavioral target market. So okay. we focus on, mars- in particular right now with our niche, martial arts instructors who have the same mindset as I do, where they want to uh, reinforce behavior by desire versus mm. behavior by fear. Because a lot of traditional martial arts school owners still utilize the traditional methods of building discipline through the threats, coercion, punishment, push-ups, you're late, 10 push push-ups. You know, you can't sit still. 10 Drop push-ups. and give me 20 right now. Yeah. Which was me uh, because that's what I, I mean, I did so many knuckle push-ups back in the day, uh, but I was an anomaly and I watched a lot of my, my good friends quit martial arts because they didn't like that style. And that's, like I said, when I hit my mid twenties, I started realizing that my purpose was to u- use positive teaching methods to influence any particular children. So my target market are the same type of instructors who, who feel, who, who don't like to result in threat, coercion, and punishment, who don't like to give out the push-ups, who want to build behavior by desire, by studying up on child development and understanding their stages of development and, and using the best teaching practices to help them grow in a way that makes them want more, makes them love it. You know, A perfect example is, I you know, if, if you don't know me, uh, I will tell you that I took over my son's flag football team uh, because his first coach was that, behavior by fear because that's what most football coaches are right they don't know any better and I knew there was going to be a better way but based on my experience and all my knowledge on working with children so I took over my son's football team and the first two seasons we made it to the championships and this last season we won the championships not because we had the most talented kids but because they wanted they wanted to be out there and I and, and they were motivated and excited it's the first female-led football champion in our 30-year league history. And people are like, how'd you do it? And I say, well, you know, to give you a perfect example, my son's in competitive soccer right now and him and his homies, when they practice, they're just like, when is it over? And then it comes over to water breaks. is like, how many more minutes do I have? Where when we do our practices, I have to pull them off the field. Because they want to keep running drills and running games, so that's the type of mindset, type of instructor, coach that I'm. That, I, that is, is my target market. Are the ones who, you know, want them to beg for more, not because they have to, but because they want to.
0: And what do you say to the instructors that maybe look at some of the drills that you guys do and and say, oh, you're just playing a bunch of games? Because <laughs> I've seen this in comments and Facebook groups. You know, what's the response to that? Man, if you
1: don't like the play, then you're not my target market, and that's okay, too. You know, there's there's definitely room for everybody, but children learn best through play. I learn best through play, and I'm 46 years old. Chris, you know me. You sat next to me in seminars where I'm playing Candy Crush while I'm listening to seminars yeah. because that's how I learn. I can absorb a seminar while I'm playing Candy Crush. It's just exciting for me. So for me, my personal taste is when I'm working with kids, it's all play-based because it's it's fun. Uh, so when somebody says, all you do is play games, I, I say, yeah, and, and bring it. And uh, it works uh, for people who share the same mindset as I do. Yeah.
0: And if it ain't fun, they're not going to want to do it. You know? I mean, it's for the most even part, adults. Yeah. Even yes. for adults, right? Yes. So, yes for the most uh, part as a you know digital marketing agency i love paid advertising and and this is one of the ways that companies can scale however it's not how you guys scaled so you know how have you gone from 0 to over 1550 skills schools you know what is the what is the marketing efforts that you've done in order to to get there a, a lot of
1: content marketing so my, my purpose, obviously, is helping children become a better version of themselves, right? And, I, and it's not exclusive to just people who pay me money. I wanna continually spread that message on, on understanding child development and children from a psychological and biological standpoint. And as you start to understand them better, you can reach the masses. So I share a lot of free content, uh, mostly through social media, uh, through seminars and events, and I've cultivated my audience that way, it's a really long game process. So, you know, first year we were at 25 members, second year we we're at 50, and the next thing you know, we really started, the flywheel started to turn really fast, uh, because even even somebody new who listens to me for the first time today, I don't anticipate them joining skills for, you know, three, six months, maybe year, two years down the road, and that's okay. So uh, it works great for me because that's what I love to do. Uh, Of course, it's not as fast as paid advertising, but the long game is better for me because if you join my company, I got you. Uh, We don't have a very high quit ratio because I've nurtured you. So the minute you join, you're in, which is pretty
0: cool. I love it. And and can you kind of talk on... How, how do you do it, right? So I've committed the last year and a half to put a post out every single day. And I don't really think people understand how hard it is. So <laughs> out of my own selfish question, how does that look for you when you're kind of creating this content game plan, which is relevant to our listeners, because they need to be putting out content for their business as well? So, you know, I, I'm not a college
1: graduate, like you are, Um, And one of the reasons why is because uh, college for me, it didn't fit, it didn't excite me because it was a lot of homework and a lot of studying on things that just weren't relative to my passion. So I kind of treat myself right now as a college student in the sense where I do research and development on topics that I'm very passionate about. And then I do my own research papers and reports and and, and so forth. And then I just put it out there for everybody else to kind of consume. A lot of it's free, but then I also have very high ticketed items like my Certified Pediatric Ninja Specialist course. Uh, so it kind of, it, it, again, I treat my day as if I'm a student and I have assignments that are due uh, in order to retain or, or become the expert that I am. It just so happens that uh, I don't have a professor who's overlooking me. I, every, My audience is basically essentially, you know, my, my uh, the, pre- the people who hold, hold me accountable for what
0: I do. Sure. I love it. Well, uh, you were the one that inspired me to go on this, you know, daily content. Been following you for years. have been on your email list every Monday through Friday. You're getting an email. And what I love is that it's educational, right? It's not... Hey, buy my stuff. Buy my stuff. It's hey, this is how I can help you, and and that really had a profound effect on me. And it is a long term play, but it's it's one that one that works. And and like you said, it, it allows you to build an audience of of you know really great people. So kudos to you for really you. paving the way on that. Um, Thanks. You know, you and I we do have a, a lot in, in common, and we've talked about this in the past. But you know, there. This is a male-dominated industry. Even though, if you look at the people who are really running the schools, are often women. How do you think being a woman in a male-dominated industry has either positively or negatively, you know, affected you? So, well, it negatively it affected me. Negatively affected
1: me at the beginning because. When I first started writing children's martial arts curriculum, it when you went to martial arts events, there weren't any females running seminars, and unfortunately, like I became the first, and uh, I had my ex husband. Um, I'm gonna throw him under the bus here, but he deserves it. <laughs> he he started taking credit for my work and saying, "Well, you know, I'm higher rank than her, and I taught her everything she knew," and that part of his ego. Uh, really drove me and said, said, no, this is all my life's work. So then what I did is I, I worked so hard to be an expert and to deliver on what I did that there was no way that a man can change the narrative on who I am or what I do. And for me, that was exciting. So I embraced that negative part. And now the positive is when you look at, a martial arts event today compared to even 10 years ago there's a lot more females that are in the audience the audience is bigger and it's bigger because there's more females I believe Mm. in many ways so that's so exciting because men have what they contribute to our industry but females do too and for a while I think females were feeling like this wasn't an industry that they can excel at. And now we're starting to see it. You know, you're another perfect example of, of being a, a female a representative who, who stands on her own two feet. Kelly Murray Grise is is another one. And, you know, it frustrates me when I see these events and there's no females that are speaking or just one. Sure. You know, it, it, you know, w- women have a way of connecting, especially with our younger generation. It just, it's just the way it is. And if we can have more females influencing, our industry, our industry is going to be better as a whole.
0: One of my favorite stories was when somebody had asked you, you know, do you ever get nervous being on that stage with all of those powerful men? And, you know, your response was, no, they should be nervous that I'm on stage here. And I just absolutely love that mindset. And and that's really stuck with me over the years. So, you know, we we've got this massively successful online platform with, with skills. Um, that has evolved over the years, getting bigger and better, more curriculum, more kind of coaching that's you know been offered through it. What does the next level of skills look like uh, for you?
1: So we're building out Skills 3.0, which is a new tech platform that's gonna be extremely mobile friendly. In particular, mm. we're thinking of our younger generation, our like teens and preteens who are gonna start who are leading classes and leading warm-ups you know, the filler work that should be done by them because they relate better to kids. So they'll be able to just tap on their device and get access to the drills and warmness and everything quickly. So that's one area. Another area is I'm really focusing on diving in even more in child developments. Uh, for example, I'm running an integration specialist mastermind next month, which is really honing in on like after school programs where there's large groups of kids and you have all these common misbehaviors, tantrums, and meltdowns. And you know, we do our best to fill our after school programs with, with coaches, but most of them are like entry-level pay. So they don't have the educational background of a child psychologist, uh, but they don't need it if if you're if you give them the right tools and resources. And that's what this type of program is gonna be. Um, and then of course, we're really are, are looking in the branching out into other sports. So, you know, skills is not just we we you know our unique selling proposition is is not that we are martial arts children's martial arts curriculum company we're a a child development child development company uh that uses martial arts as the vehicle to help children become the best versions of themselves as a whole and now we'll plug out martial arts and plug in football which i'm working on right now plug in soccer plug in tennis plug in golf uh so other sports and activities is is it's a pipe dream still but it's something that if I keep putting out there, hopefully it'll manifest and, and, and unfold. Uh, as you, you know, we just had this discussion. I just had an interview with the tennis star, Victoria Azarenka. Uh, she's an international phenomenon in tennis. And uh, she picked seven people to interview for her season two podcast. And uh, like Seal, the musician, Brandon Marshall, wow. uh, David Gutman, who is an entrepreneur who owns Live Night, Night Club in Miami. Uh, And she, she chose me to interview on child development and sports. And, you know, we stay connected because she sees the vision of of educating on child development for parents, teachers, and coaches. So there's, there's so many things that I aspire to branch out into, even with this international media
0: exposure. Uh, We'll see what happens. I love it. Yes. Yes. Let's kind of rewind because I want to kind of hit all all three of those points. So the first thing, you know, going, mobile friendly. Uh, This, you know, is the world that we are living in and and moving in. People want convenience and they want it at this, you know, maybe as business owners, we're always on our laptops, but, you know, most of our consumers aren't. So I absolutely love that you're prioritizing that. And like you said, especially for the younger assistants and instructors that are are helping, and that really is the future And, and all businesses need to be mobile optimized. And I think when we say mobile optimized, we think our website, right? Like, yeah, I'm good. I'm using one of the, you know, industry players, whether it's Market Muscles or 97 Splayer website, Dojo, like I don't have to zoom in on your, on your website, right? But mobile optimized isn't just the website. It's the content you're putting out. It's the emails that you're putting out is, do you have an app that your students can access curriculum for? So absolutely love that, you know, that's that's where you guys are, are heading. So so really quickly, just
1: so you know, like it, we've been building out this platform for a year, and it wasn't, it, it wasn't unfolding the way that we wanted. So I had to bring in a UI UX experts or students who's working to be an expert to help with that. So UI means user interface, and UX means user experience. So you have to have both, um, and I, we didn't, we were missing the mark because we just weren't liking the platform. And once we brought in our UI. UX experts in, our, our, our project management has really started to uh, take off because of that. So it really, you don't realize what, what goes into technology to that level.
0: Yeah, I love it. So the other thing is I'm, I'm a little upset at you that you're launching this you know, after school training about three years after I canceled my after school program, because <laughs> this was one of the main reasons why we decided to get rid of it was... I mean, partly it was because I didn't open up my martial arts school to run an after-school program, right? Yeah, we yeah, we yeah. saw the financial benefits of it, but what we ended up dealing with a lot were kids that really didn't want to do martial arts because their parents were using us for convenience or for whatever reason. And this was an area that we really struggled in because there's a bunch of kids, you know, I mean, at the height, we had like 80 afterschoolers and four vans. And like you said, you have these entry level, you know, 18, 19 college, you know, students that don't really know how to appropriately handle, you know, maybe not so great behavior. So if somebody's interested in, in getting on that, I wish you would have done this three years ago, <laughs> uh, you know, how would they, how would they find out more info on that?
1: Uh, well, uh, probably the best way is to shoot me an email, Johnson at skillsconnect.com and I can send you the link. Uh, the is right now is uh, we, we have limited spots and they're almost all filled up. So, but if you email me, I can put you on my email list and you can stay up to date. And, and the reason why we're limiting the spots is because we know that during, it's a one month mastermind. It starts in two weeks. We know that the Q&A part is going to be pretty intensive and we didn't want to, well, you know, you just you were a little late to this podcast interview because the Q and A part, right? It, it gets you bombarded, so we want to be selective on how many people we ha- we have into it. But just to give you a little takeaway for your audience, so that um, at least they walk away with something of value, uh, it's it's integration specialist, which which is basically you know it, helping children integrate their brain. There's two types of integration, which is the horizontal integration, which is the left and right brain integration which is kind of making sense of your behavior. And then there's vertical integration, which is your upstairs brain versus your downstairs brain. And really quickly, I'll explain, vertical integration is basically when a child has a meltdown, it means that they're not vertically integrated. It means that they just, they, they, they reached their peak. Like Adults, we get that way too, where our meter is just like, you're done, your willpower is gone, and you just like, you have a meltdown, you can't control it, right? So that's vertical integration. Uh, a tantrum is when you throw a fit because you're not getting what you want, and then the minute you get what you want, then you calm down, right? And that's horizontal integration. That's left brain and right brain. So even just the counselor understanding, is it a tantrum or a meltdown? Uh, mm. Then knowing the strategies to address them accordingly uh, is, is so powerful. And it's not as hard as what you think because I can tell, hmm, you're throwing a tantrum or you're having a meltdown, right? Sure. I can even tell with, with Joe. I'm sure you could tell with Stephanie. She's throwing a tantrum right now. I can fix this. I just need to horizontally integrate her. Or she's having a meltdown. I need to get her to calm down her emotions before we can even try to assault, solve this problem.
0: <laughs> I love it. You know, I, I it just brings a whole new mindset and, and conversation uh to the table, you know, for, for school owners, a very, you know, very intellectual conversation to have instead yes. of just, oh, go sit in the corner. Oh, give me 20 push-ups. Yes right right, I mean, right. that's that's right, what which, a lot of yeah, so school owners do <laughs> yeah all right as we wrap up here um you know what what do you say to cuz you predominantly work with martial arts school owners what do you say to school owners that just kind of feel like maybe they're they're plateauing and and they just you know they don't know what to do to to take it to the the next level what's kind of the advice that that you would give them
1: so number 1 don't underestimate the value of training your team to be better than you in the areas that you don't want to work in, right? Mm. So we, we start to see a lot of school owners who don't want to teach anymore because they've done it long enough, but yet they don't want to train their team to be better on the mat because then they feel like if their team's better on the mat, they're going to leave and open up their own school. Uh, and that's just the defensive mindset. Um, don't underestimate the value of training your team to do your social media. If that's not your nurture, you want to be on the mat, have somebody who's better at that. With that said, don't underestimate the value of investing in your business, investing in specialists who can help make your job easier and more enjoyable. That's our quote, by the way, with skills, right? We are, we want to make your job easier and more enjoyable um, or that can help with the ROI, right? So yeah, it's, it's expensive and, or it's costly to... In, to pay for, you know, a CRM platform, to invest in a in marketing agency, to invest in what we do, like you know, instructor certifications, instructor masterminds, curriculum, and stuff. But the ROI is there, uh, so don't underestimate that value. So many times, people are like, "Well, oh, I just I can't afford it." And it's like you can't afford not to, right? So that's something that you you really want to take in consideration if you're hitting a plat- plateau that's when you need to invest. And, you know, that's what happened with skills. We started kind of plateauing out. We had a huge spurt last year and then we kind of plateaued out. And one of the feedbacks was, you know, my, te- my team's not really using the curriculum because they don't want to go into the laptop and like log in and download mm-hmm. the planners and stuff. So we were like, all right, if every, every one of your team members, every preteen and teen has a mobile device. So if we can make this very mobile friendly for them, they just log into their own phones and, and are able to access it super easy. Would that make your job easier and more enjoyable? And they said, yes. So we are almost a year into building this out. So that's what I mean by that.
0: I love it. You know, I mean, I often get asked, you know, what should I invest in? And, you know, oftentimes you need to invest in your own skill set to level it up. But you also have to invest in leveling up your team members' skill sets as well. Um, Melody, for anybody that would love to uh, you know, maybe connect with you on social media? Is there a Facebook group that you have that, you know, we can, we can send them to so that they can consume even more content from you?
1: Well, thanks for that plug. <laughs> so yes, uh, the, it's the, um, Melody Johnson's free skills, skills tips group. You just type in Melody Johnson's, so you'll see free skills tips group. And I, as you know, as you mentioned, I put out a lot of free content Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's a really good place to start. And, you know, I I just, like I said, my purpose is to help children all around the world. So I feel like that group is my passion project uh, where I I don't get compensated monetarily. I get compensated based on the rewards of the results that everybody shares based on the content we put out.
0: I love it. Thank you so much for taking time with me thank you for really helping to pave the way for other females in our industry I've looked up to you for for many many years and I can't wait to see the next level of skills and and really skills in other other sports as well and uh, really appreciate you taking the time today
1: yeah thanks for having me I appreciate it
0: too